Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Believe in the Jaguars podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your co-host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. As always, I am joined here by the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire of USA Today, James Johnson. Jay, we're a couple of days into the I get the, uh, the official legal tampering period, which is just one of the oddest phrases in sports, <laughs> but we have plenty to talk about despite the lack of, uh, I guess you should say, big splash moves from the Jacksonville Jaguars in free agency, which we will get to who in here in just a moment. But uh, for the second time this week, it's good to talk to you. And, you know, how are you doing throughout the, uh, you know, the social distancing and the, and the quarantines? Well, I guess it never the social distancing and the quarantining has never or it, it, it's, it won't bother me as much as others because with my job, I work from home anyway. Well, I've worked from home for a long time now, at least we're talking eight months. So I've kind of become accustomed to being at home often because not only do I work from home, but my job kind of keeps me at home, uh, especially when you're in the field of breaking news. So it's not bothering me as much as it may bother others. Uh, but that being said, though, um, I'm good. I can't complain, man. Um, I'm glad to be here. Uh, glad to talk some free agency frenzy, which, you know, we got a lot to talk about, albeit the Jags haven't necessarily made uh, a lot of moves, which is actually a good thing. We'll talk on that as well. But nonetheless, I'm glad to provide the people at home because a lot of them are kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they don't know how to deal with this. It's kind of weird to them. It's kind of foreign territory to them. So I'm glad that me and you can provide America, at least, you know, the Jaguar fan base uh, with some content and some entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. We hope that, you know, wherever you guys are at, that you're staying safe, washing your hands. And if you know where I can get some toilet paper, please let me know. That's at Phil the Filipino on Twitter. <laughs> but but no, uh, yeah, like you said, Jay, just we want to do our best to keep you guys distracted, you know, with everything and all the craziness going on. But, uh, you know, of course, as we mentioned at the same time, practice that social distancing if you are able to do so. And, you know, just take care of each other. Just be nice. You know, that's all we can really ask for. <laughs> but we're going to get into these free agency topics here in just a moment, Jay. Before we do so, I do want to make sure that if you are able to uh, and if you are enjoying the show, please go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and a comment. We love reading those. Shout outs to everybody who has done that so far. We really, really appreciate it. And you can, of course, find us anywhere you're listening to your podcast, which is Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn, and of course at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. So, Jay, I'm just going to do a little bit of a recap here in just a moment, but before we do that, I want to get into the breaking news of the day, 
which of course we I think we all know uh, what it is uh, what it is. Now yesterday brought the news of course uh, of the crazy trade between the Arizona Cardinals and the Houston Texans, which we will get into that will have implications on the AFC South, which of course is where the Jaguars are. But earlier in the day this morning, as of recording, this is Tuesday, March 17th, the uh, Tom Brady came out and made a statement stating he was going to be moving on from the New England Patriots. And pretty much the entire day, speculation began running rampant as to where he was going to end up. As of tonight, here this evening, while we were recording, now things may change a day from now because that's how things seem to go with this podcast. It seems like he is going to end up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So just south here, southeast or southwest of Jacksonville, I should say, uh, you know, I, I guess kind of an in-state rival, not really, but kind of. But what are your thoughts just initially really quick before we get into these Jaguar topics? We're going to see Tom Brady in a new uniform, let alone being that Buccaneers uniform. Yeah, man, it's definitely interesting to say the least. And, you know, this. let's be honest, aside from Patriots fans, this is the moment that everybody has long waited for. But it just feels odd still, nonetheless. And it especially feels odd to see Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey. To me, I mean, the jerseys, me and you discussed this off air, the jerseys never really appealed to me to begin with, except for I'm one of the rare people that like the cream circle jerseys. But aside from that, I have never really been a fan of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers jerseys, uniforms or, or none of that. But that being said, it feels weird. It does make sense uh, because he probably was looking for somewhere that has weapons, which we know Tampa Bay has, at least on offense. You know, their defense needs some help, but uh, maybe they'll address that in free agency in the draft. Uh, but, you know, he's going there. He's got uh, Mike Evans. And, and some other guys, uh, Brait as well, Cameron Brait. So he's got some weapons over there, and it looks like the situation will be better than it was in New England. And, I mean, the the number one thing probably that he's uh, he's chasing is probably Bruce Arians, who we all know he's like a quarterback guru. Like, he's one of my favorite um, coaches in the league, point blank, period. And uh, we all heard it. You know, Bruce Arians has said, you know, he's looking to get a Super Bowl. That's why he got back into coaching, you know, despite uh, the health issues he had while he was with the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, once he gets that, you know, it's believed that he might retire. So, you know, maybe they can ride off into the sunset together. Ultimately, we'll have to see, though. Yeah, like you mentioned, it's just going to be a really wild thing to see. And um, and no offense to any of our Buccaneer fans, friends, but yeah, just something about that jersey, man. It's just never worked for me. I'm I'm. I'm a, I'm you know kind of in on the creamsicle jersey. It's it's all right, but I don't. It's just going to be weird to say it. One of the best things that I saw on social media today was somebody saying like it kind of looks like someone just did like a, a Madden NFL fantasy draft out there right now with all the crazy moves that have been going on. But it's going to be very very strange to see Brady in this new uniform. I don't I don't have the schedule up in front of me, but I don't know if the Buccaneers and the Patriots play next year. I'm assuming they don't. I haven't seen that anywhere talked about. So maybe in the next couple of years they will play, but it's going to be very interesting and we'll see what implications it has just on the AFC and the AFC East specifically in general. It's going to be a really interesting sight to see and we finally get to find out, you know, who is it? Is it Belichick's system? Or is it Brady? Uh, granted, we're going to get that when Brady is 43 years old, but we'll at least get it to a extent. But 
moving on to some of the other moves that we have seen go on. Uh, Jay and I just kind of teased it here uh, just a moment ago uh, before we get into the, again, before we get into the actual Jaguar side of things, uh, just yesterday had some wild news as well. And, and with the Houston Texans sending arguably the best receiver in the league to the Arizona Cardinals for a bag of chips and uh, David Johnson, it seemed like. So uh, the what what in the world is going on over there in Houston? Yeah, man. Well, for the sake of the Jaguars, uh, you know, the fans should be rooting for them to keep Bill O'Brien because in their eyes, he's doing an excellent job, you know, getting Nook Hopkins out of there, which is that, you know, nobody saw that coming. That just blindsided everybody. And not only that, he, they got him out of the conference in general. So if there ever was a chance for the Jags to go to a Super Bowl in the next three or so years, because it might take a while, they won't have to see Nip Hopkins potentially. Well, they, they could see him in a regular season, I guess, but they potentially won't have to really see him into the uh, Super Bowl. But yeah, that was crazy to say the least, man. Uh, I'm glad, you know, and I'm sure the, the Jaguars secondary for sure and the Jaguars in general are glad they don't have to deal with him anymore because, you know, that guy was just phenomenal. Although, you know, Jalen Ramsey did have some moments against him too. Uh, but without Jalen Ramsey, just imagine what the Jaguars would have to deal with in terms of, you know, covering that guy one on one or whatever the case may be. However you want to cover him, it's just difficult to do point blank, period. Uh, so, yeah, that one caught me by surprise. Nonetheless, glad it happened. Uh, they say that he was potentially looking for another contract, which I think he has three years left on his deal. So that's not typical, so to speak. And, you know, there were also rumors that he didn't act exactly like see eye to eye with Bill O'Brien. So, uh, you know, here's the hoping that uh, players continue not to see eye to eye with Bill O'Brien and he starts to trade all the way. Uh, trade away all of the good players that they have over there for the Jags sake. Yeah. For a guy in, you know, Jalen Ramsey, we just talked about who had a lot of epic battles with Deandre Hopkins. Those two have a lot of mutual respect for them uh, for a guy in Jalen who maybe thought he was getting away from having to play him is now going to have to play Hopkins twice a year again out there in the NFC West. So that was just wild, wild news that came through. And the reports came out earlier in the day that there were front offices that believe that he was available. I kind of just brushed it off. Like there's no way they're going to trade. They're, they're going to trade him. But then the news comes out. And then what makes it even wilder is that later in the day, the Vikings get a pretty good haul for Stefan Diggs. And I'm a big Stefan Diggs fan, but he's not as good as as uh, DeAndre Hopkins and the Vikings got so much more than uh, the Texans did for, for nukes. And it was just, gosh, it was just a wild, wild day. And uh, you know, shout out to the NFL and the off season for not postponing to give us something to talk about, because uh, as we mentioned before, a lot of us might be going stir crazy, but we'll move on to actual Jaguars topics here, Jay, that relate to the team. Now, Monday's episode, of course, we talked about the, the shocking developments as far as the team moving on from Calais Campbell. One thing that we uh, that actually has happened since then, uh, because the Atlanta Falcons acquired Hayden Hurst 
from the Baltimore Ravens. We actually, the fifth rounder that we received actually upgraded from pick number 170 to 153. Along with that, the Ravens actually also, we didn't mention this, actually took on his entire contract, which added $15 million of cap space, which led to a signing here early, uh, later on in the day, which we'll get to here in just a moment. So um, what kind of implications does that have, Jay? I mean, that pick gets a little bit more valuable now. We are, or at least I have said, I feel like the Jags may be gearing up for some kind of move, whether it be in, you know some kind of trade in free agency to get another guy, or maybe even in the draft itself. Uh, but what kind of implications did that have uh, for the Ravens to take on his entire contract, as well as moving up 17 spots from that pick? Yeah, so you know that was a huge help to to get that 15 million dollars off of the books for the Jaguars because that was the big deal. The Jaguars. Probably uh, most people feel the Jaguars probably wanted to keep Calais Campbell, albeit me and Phil made the argument that it was good for him to leave anyway, especially for a team like the Baltimore Ravens and and seek an opportunity to win a championship. Uh, But nonetheless, that being said, the Jacksonville Jaguars really just didn't want to keep him on that 15 million dollar cap hit. They were hoping he'd come down on it. They tried to extend him. Uh, last year and probably tried to extend him this year. We don't know for certain, but I would think it got to that point where they tried to extend him and lower that cap hit for this year. And they just could never find the middle ground. They could never find the common ground. So when the Ravens agreed to trade for him and take that 15 million out the books and they eventually signed him to an extension that gave the Jaguars basically 15 million in the salary cap, which put them around the I think it was the 24 million dollar range I'll have to look back at it but look that move had implications on today's moves actually when you look at it and we'll talk about uh, the signing of Schobert later but the Jaguars probably wouldn't be able to do that or make that move on Schobert and make the move on um, on Denard if you know we don't know the details behind his contract quite yet but you know they aren't able to make those kind of moves uh, concretely or, or or confidently uh, without Calais Campbell's $15 million being out the book. So that was a big help as for the draft picks. You know, it don't really, you know, a fifth round pick, it don't really, I guess it don't really make that much of a difference. But look, anytime you can move up in the draft for little or nothing, shout outs to the Atlanta Falcons for helping us do that. I'm all in for it. So picking at 153 is fine with me. You never know. I mean, you can find some good depth pieces uh, with all these late round picks we got, you can maybe find the next Gardner Minshew. The Jaguars have had success past the fifth round and in the fifth round. Like I said, Minshew, uh, Telvin Smith was a fifth round pick. So they could do something valuable with this pick nonetheless. And, you know, they just moved up a, like roughly 20 spots. So uh, we'll see ultimately if they keep it or whatever the case may be down the road. But, hey, it's a good move on their part. Uh, in terms of the pick and a good move on their part in terms of getting the money off of their books as well. Yeah, we're not going to cover too much more on it. You know, like we said, we went pretty in depth with the Calais Campbell talk this past Monday. So if you do want to hear our thoughts on it, make sure you go back to this past Monday's episode and hear us talk about it. But, you know, again, we uh, just to reiterate, hope that, you know, Calais gets his opportunity to uh, to chase that Super Bowl at least one more time before it's all said and done for his career. So moving on to some of the other news that, that was, uh, that was made. Um, Jeff Swain was finally released. That's something that we had expected to see added roughly 3.7 million to the salary cap and uh, put them at 27 and a half million 
uh, in cap space at the time. Um, they also placed a second round tender on Keelan Cole, as well as a tender on Austin, uh, linebacker Austin Calitro, uh, who has an exclusive tender. So talk about a little bit uh, what those moves made, Jay. I mean, the Jeff Swaim thing is pretty cut and dry, but what do those uh, what do those tenders mean for a guy like Keelan Cole and Calitro? So, yeah, Calitro and Keelan Cole were set to be what they would call restricted free agents. And basically, you know, we have unrestricted free agents, which those guys are pretty much free to sign anywhere they want. Well, it's a little bit more restricted with restricted free agents, especially in Keelan Cole's case, who received the second round tender, which basically means if a team wants Keelan Cole, they shoot him an offer. Uh, The Jaguars can counter that offer or not. And if the Jaguars don't counter that offer, if I can recollect well in terms of the free agency realm, that means that team would have to give the Jaguars a second round tender. So basically when they put that tender on him, which is worth like a little bit over $3 million, that's a nice little pay bump for him. But when they put that tender on him, they were just trying to ensure that, you know, a team wouldn't try and sign Keelan Cole. And and, and even if they do, the Jaguars probably can match the offer for one and then for two. Uh, a second round pick wouldn't be bad at all to get out of Keelan Cole if they didn't want to match the offer. So uh, that that's where they at with with him. Kalitro's uh, a guy that we saw him. He he actually got to start a few times because of the Jaguars linebacker depth and how depleted they were there. Not surprised that they are bringing him back. Um, don't know if he makes the roster final day or whatever. Uh, but he's a guy that has experience under the defense, played for the Seattle Seahawks previously. So their scheme is like ours. So he's a guy that is really familiar with what's going on. Could be a solid depth piece, could be a solid special teams player. Um, that's all fine and Danny that we caught uh that we that we resigned him in terms of putting the tender on him. Now, Geoff Swain, like you said, we were expected to do that because basically they didn't really get much out of him. He ended up on IR. Uh, I think he caught like 15 balls last year or something. Nothing uh, significant. Don't really hurt them cap wise either. I think the dead cap hit is like 250K. Uh, That's not bad at all. Uh, They pretty much paid him all of his guaranteed money last year. So, you know, they can remove him off the books, recoup almost $4 million and uh, continue to move on with free agency. Right. Again, moves that, you know, weren't really too surprising. And we'll talk here in just a moment about some other guys we think that could be either released or traded. So let's get into, you know, some of the more exciting stuff. And that's a couple of the the additions they were able to make that people were kind of waiting for uh, for quite some time. Now, the the first one uh, being Joe Schobert, a linebacker from the Cleveland Browns. He was a guy that was highly coveted by quite a few people. And if you put his film on, guys, uh, he is a guy that definitely impresses. Jay, you kind of compared him to a Paul Puzlesny, but a little bit more athletic, which is a, a pretty good, good comparison, if you ask me. And uh, ultimately, hopefully, will will be a guy that we can, you know, move. That way, we can move Miles Jack out of that Mike linebacker position. So, uh, talk a little bit about this. We were pretty excited when this news broke, and you know, why should people be excited about it, even though it's maybe a name that they don't know too well? Yeah, first and foremost, they should be excited about it from this sense because this is something we've hammered, or at least I've hammered on this podcast. And I'll repeat it again. Agents like Dave Caldwell, this proves that agents like Dave Caldwell, uh, because here we are in a situation where the Jaguars are going to play two games in London and they still get one of the top free agents in football. And by the way, for those worried about the cap situation and the implications on the cap, 
do not put too much into this. The Jaguars literally proved to us how fake salary cap is this year with all of the moves they made and where they are now. And when you look at the books for next year, the Jacksonville Jaguars, according to over the cap, are sitting at over $84 million. So they're going to be loaded with cap space. And that's with foes on the book. This contract is going to have minimal impact on their salary cap. And when you look at the guaranteed, I think it was, what, 21 million or something like that guaranteed. The Jazz will probably pay that off in three years or so. So, you know, they get a a guy that's going to be here at least for three years and who can help lead the defense because they need somebody leading them in the uh, interior in, in terms of a linebacker. Because as we all know, Miles Jack just really wasn't putting it together there. And we need to put him at a position like the weak side linebacker where he could just read and react, you know, and this allows him to do that. Um, and Joe Schobert, like I said, he's a guy that has plenty of experience, had at least 103 tackles in the last three years that he was with the Cleveland Browns. I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, he played with the Browns who aren't all that good. Well, whatever. You know what I'm saying? We don't even have to get into that because that's just a narrow minded way of thinking. Uh, But that being said, good addition. Uh, Like I said, one of the highly coveted free agents in football. And uh, basically, you know, that might be their biggest move. You know, I wouldn't expect too many similar to this one. But nonetheless, the Jaguars got better at their linebacking core, which me and you had basically as the weakest spot uh, before we lost A.J. Boye. Yeah, and I do have the official numbers here, Jay, in front of me. Five years, $53.75 million, which comes to an average of $10.75 million per year. Uh, the signing bonus was a twelve was $12 million and $22.5 guaranteed. And just like you said, Jay, you know, a lot of people seem to be kind of down on this signing because he did play for Cleveland. Well, just don't forget that Cleveland has had, you know, some they, while they've been disappointing, they have, have had some pretty decent seasons overall here in the last couple of years. And as well as Joe Schubert was a pro bowler just a couple of years ago. He's a guy that was a fourth round pick and he's, you know, he seems to have, you know, worked really, really hard to get to the point where he's at. And that is why he has earned this money. And like I said, for those of you that want to do it, just put on the tape. I mean, the guy is a playmaker and he's a very smart football player from what I've gathered in a very short amount of time, Jay. He seems to know where to be at, at you know, and with, that's something that Miles Jack struggled with. So it seems like he's a guy and maybe this is something you can talk on. He seems like a guy that knows where to be in the right, uh, you know, in situations. Right, right. He has a feel for coverage. He he looks natural to coverage. Uh, you know, one of the things we love, Puzz, don't get me wrong, uh, but Puzz was more of a downhill guy, more of a run stuffer, um, more of a guy that offered you a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage or, you know, close to the line of scrimmage or, or whatever the case may be. But Showbert is a guy that is definitely, I'm not going to say he's Corey Littleton in co- coverage or he's Bobby Wagner in coverage, but he is significantly better than what the Jaguars have had at the middle linebacker in coverage, dating back to when they had Puzz there. And he's definitely better than Miles Jack. So, yeah, when you look at the film, like you said, he is a smart football player. You could tell he studies film and knows where to be. And he can sense things behind him. Like you could just you could tell by looking at the film when there's a uh, a dig route or something coming behind him or a crossing route or something coming behind him. He fills that out and he turns around, finds the ball. And, you know, he's made plenty of pass breakups. He's a guy uh, that has also had a a few sacks you know what I'm saying he's a good guy in terms of blitzing 
as well. So that helps out as well with the way that the Browns used him. You know, it's a good signing all around. I mean, like I said, in free agency, the thing about it is if you're expecting to get your full money out of a player, chances are you aren't because you overpay in free agency as it is. That's no big deal for the Jacksonville Jaguars because, I, like I said, next year, this team is sitting on $84 million. They can afford to miss in free agency uh, so long as they get a very productive player and, and somebody that, that makes that linebacking core overall better. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what he brings to the table you know, just for you know all those reasons we just mentioned there, Jay. And then the other uh, the other move that we made, uh, the Jags did, uh, were able to lock down former first-round pick Darquez Denard from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, a former Michigan State Spartan. Now, I know he's a guy, I mean, usually when you hear about these first round picks, you know, moving on, you know, sometimes people will be led to believe that they haven't really panned out that well. But what is it about Denard that makes this a good signing? So, yeah, with Denard, he's a guy that I don't know a lot of. I remember him more so when he was going to Michigan State with the Spartans. And I didn't really follow his career, admittedly, when he went to the Bengals. Uh, I mean, I probably should have known a little bit more about him because I did follow A.J. Green a little bit with the Bengals. But I will say that Pro Football Focus did uh, give him a grade of 72.2 or 72.7 last year, which, you know, that's not bad. You know, that's that's a passing grade, essentially a C if you're going by like the school terms. So that that's good from that perspective. They got a player at least that graded decently on PFF. And in terms of coverage, you know, he wasn't like necessarily a guy that was on the field like as much as some would like. But when he was on the field, PFF also highlighted that he was the Leeds 15. Uh, he got the Leeds 15 best uh, grade in coverage in, in terms of 2019, which you, you do all the math and how many, you know, linebackers are out there and how many cornerbacks are out there and safeties uh, 15th in coverage. It's not bad at all, it, albeit he was on the field at a limited amount of time. So uh, they also highlighted that he allowed only four catches for 10 yards plus. I guess we have to see what the contract looks like to say if they overpaid or not and quite make a like a, a judgment on that. But I would think just off of these numbers and looking at it, I don't think they probably overpaid. Uh, then again, you know, DJ Hayton was a guy that we weren't sure about. And we didn't know what the figures would look like. And then when we saw him, we were like, oh, my God, that's a lot of money. But DJ Hayden has also panned out arguably one of the better nickels in football. And you would probably say top four nickel in football, always around the ball. So uh, this deal, look at it kind of in a similar light. This deal could pan out in the end uh, when we look back at it. Yeah, and I think, you know, when this is a guy that you can pencil in next to Trey Herndon, you know, as you mentioned here in the article that went up a few hours ago, Jay. And, and I think people will be even more excited about it if they're able to land one of these coveted guys at DB in the draft, like an Okuda, um, which they certainly have the ammunition now to move up and go get that guy. You know what I mean? So it's it's uh, really, ex- I think it's exciting times. For, and, and, you know, the fan base seemed to be a little restless because there weren't a lot going, there wasn't a lot going on here in this for these first couple of days but remember you know they kind of started a little early with the boyer trade 
and then they moved on. They, they moved on from Clayus Campbell. So it took a little bit of time. Um, but now, you know, these these moves are starting to trickle out. Now, one guy that we did miss out on uh, was DJ Reader from the Houston Texans. He ended up going to, ironically, Cincinnati um, as opposed to uh, coming out here. So, you know, talk about what uh, where they go from here and what they kind of missed out on by not being able to assign DJ Reader at, uh, you know, the interior alignment. Yeah, I mean, that he was one of those guys I immediately after we uh, released Marcel Darius, I started looking to him uh, because he's a, you know, essentially he serves the same role as Darius, uh, a, a younger version, essentially. And a guy that eats the space, clogs the run, acquires double teams. That's basically what they need. And that's what DJ Reader does. In fact, I believe DJ Reader actually did it at a better level than Marcel Darius Last year, he actually, according to PFF, had a 85.5. And then when you put on a tape of, of a reader, you could definitely see it. Bill O'Brien was a big fan of him, really wanted to keep him. But, you know, maybe the price got too high. And Bill O'Brien, who is a, a Bill Belichick disciple, probably didn't want to pay the price or whatever the case may be. Uh, but ultimately, he escaped away. And, and you could tell probably, now that I think about it, that's actually probably what happened because he did sign with the Bengals, a team with a lot of cap space a team that can pay him uh, this asinine amount of money. So, um, you know, I'm not saying he was chasing the money, but all I'm saying is he saw an opportunity uh, to take care of his family for a very, very long time. And uh, with that kind of money, you know, albeit the Jaguars are going to have a lot, lot of money next year, uh, they probably outbid the Jaguars if they got involved in it as well. But nonetheless, he would have been a great addition. He would have freed up that interior for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, but now... They have to continue on and, and find somebody else to plug there. Uh, me personally, I would like to see Andrew Billings there, who also is a, a shorter guy, but a guy that acquires double teams, a guy that can free up the interior of that defense and a guy that can uh, basically give the Jags some production there for a pretty good price, in my opinion. Yeah. So well, now we, you know, we'll move on and, and look ahead to some more moves that could possibly be made here jay and uh we you know we talked about uh, of course jeff swain being released and there's some more names that we have added to that we think are going to be added to this list specifically marquise lee avery jones and of course a trade regarding yannick Ngakwe and nick Foles. and that's the thing that i want to talk to you about talk about first now we've talked extensively and i think we did we pretty much covered it in the quarterbacks episode of our roster breakdown as far as nick Foles. but once again these talks are now coming up uh, a lot of people thought it would be impossible to do, but the Chicago Bears apparently have been interested in trading for Nick Foles. And now even after the 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 news, to, of, course, of course, of Tom Brady, there are rumblings that the New England Patriots might get into this running as well. So Nick Foles, again, could possibly be on the move. You know, we we have talked extensively of how things just didn't work out here out of the, you know, the teams that you are hearing. What do you think is the bigger possibility? And how, when when do you think it will happen if it does? Well, yeah, it was a report that the Patriots are going to kind of take a slow approach and weigh their options at quarterback, uh, which I mean, I don't know if I quite believe that. But then again, maybe they believe in Jared Stidham and they believe more so in Bill Belichick's ability to work with him because Stidham did look good in the preseason, albeit it was the preseason. But Stidham was a guy that I really like personally, too, coming out of the draft. So maybe they have some faith in him. Uh, we'll see exactly how that goes. But yeah, don't rule out him going there. Um, but if he does go there, maybe they may play the waiting game a little too long for the Jaguars to wait on that, so to speak. So probably I would say 
the Chicago Bears is more likely. Again, John D. Filippo's over there. John, um, Matt Nagy, who was um, a former coach of Nick Foles as well, I think with the Kansas City Chiefs, is their head coach. Uh, they probably could be enticed by it. And then, you know, the Jaguars, again, could sweeten the pot by saying, hey, look, we're going to pay X amount of his salary because I don't think the Chicago Bears necessarily have a lot of cap space. I have to look and see what they have. Uh, but I don't think it's this um, this big amount of, of salary cap left. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the matches are there for him to go. You know, people uh, that he has worked with. The only thing is, I think you have to watch out with, for with them. It's possibly Cam Newton going there. Now, if you're a Jags fan and you want this Nick Foles contract off the books, you got to hope that Cam Newton doesn't get traded that way. Uh, certainly, we would say Cam Newton is the better quarterback, and I don't think Cam Newton's cap hit is uh, too crazy because he's like at the end of his deal. But when you trade a quarterback like that, we've seen it in the past, typically, or a player in general, when you trade him of, of his caliber, what they want is a contract extension afterwards. So that's something to be mindful of with Cam Newton. And and also somebody else, I think it was Albert Breer um, from Sports Illustrated, or it might have been Jeff Darlington from ESPN. A good thing that they mentioned uh, or something notable that they mentioned about Cam Newton is the fact that what we're going through with the coronavirus doesn't exactly allow teams to get a physical on Cam Newton and have their doctors to see Cam Newton because of all of the traveling limitations and this, that, and the other. So, uh, they, you know, we know Nick Foles is healthy for a fact. And in terms of, you know, getting the doctors to see him and this, that, and the other, it might be easier for them just to get Nick Foles because John DeFilippo is there and he can tell him like, hey, he's healthy, blase, 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 as opposed to, uh, a guy like Cam Newton, who does have concerns with, I believe, with that ankle injury uh, that he had to have surgery for and um, that he has been recovering from this offseason. Definitely something we need to keep an eye on. And I think this talk is going to heat up over the next few days. Just like you, Jay, I, I believe that the Bears are a more realistic possibility than the Patriots. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots, and we could do a whole episode on this on, on probably some other show, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots just go ahead and roll the dice with Stidham and see what happens. And then, you know, depending on how the season goes, you know, they find themselves in a position to take a quarterback high in the draft next year. But, you know, that's we like, again, we could talk quite a while on, on that. Um, now, how much money could this possibly add as far as those things that I just mentioned, releasing Marquise Lee, Avery Jones, and then the Jan and the Nick Foles trade? Where could we possibly find ourselves at then if those moves are made? I mean, like you, we just talked about, you know, it's really it's really not that difficult to get out of salary cap hell, and the Jaguars have done just that. Yeah, if they trade away Foles right now and just trade him away as it is, they would gain three million, so not a lot, and they would be on there for a dead cap hit of let's see here. I think over the cap has them for eighteen point seven million. Uh, so you know they wouldn't really add a lot from Foles if they just traded him, um, as is like, like today literally. But now if they did a post June trade, that would give them a little bit more wiggle room in terms of adding salary cap to this year's salary, and that would give them a projected gain of fifteen. Point five million, So that would be a, a significant chunk of money to add to what the Jaguars have. And we just said they had $26 million. You got to factor in the two deals they did today with Schobert and Denard, of course. Uh, but yeah, that'll be a significant gain. Then with Yannick Ngakwe, they have announced the franchise tag figures, if I'm not mistaken. 
So that being said, they would gain 17.7 for trading him on the franchise tag. And by the way, they would get draft compensation from uh, that trade as well. Hopefully first round, a first round pick at least. And, um, you know, another pick somewhere else in the draft. Marquise Lee releasing him. That would give them five point two million. So if you do. You make all of these transactions uh, that includes Foles and Gakwe and Marquise Lee, and you do the just do a regular trade with Foles, not a post June trade. You're looking at adding twenty six million approximately in cap space uh, with those moves. So, yeah, the Jaguars are in good condition, albeit if they can especially get these two guys traded in uh, in Nick Foles and Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, some of the moves seem to be more likely to be made than others, at least as far as in the immediacy, like Marquise Lee and, and Avery Jones. The trades we'll see, I mean, Jan, we might even have to wait a little bit of time, even even maybe when it comes down to the NFL draft. But, you know, once they add, add all this money, uh, you know, where what are they going to do with it now? Of course, the tight end position has been something of uh, a big need, you know, as of late. And a lot of fans, I think, were hoping they would be in play for a guy like Austin Hooper. Well, that quickly ended and he was off the board very, very quickly. Of course, him going to the Cleveland Browns. Um, Hunter Henry didn't even make it to free agency. He was tagged, uh, which I, I think, Jane, you and I think was probably a good thing. Um, there's not really that there aren't really many guys left. Uh, Jimmy Graham, who is a veteran who's been around for a while, he's signed with Chicago. Um, Demetrius Harris uh, has signed with Chicago as well. So that leaves guys like an Eric Ebron, Jordan Reed, who has just been riddled with inner uh, injuries. And then a bunch of, you know, older guys that either that or guys that have, again, injury plagued like Tyler Eifert. Um, Delaney Walker is a free agent. Vernon Davis, Jeff Swaim, of course, we just released. Mercedes Lewis is out there. Uh, Darren Fells. There's not really a lot of places to go, but as far as, you know, with the money they have left, you have, and then you look at other big names out there like Billings, um, Jadavian Clowney, Desmond Trufant, um, a, a running back that you and I like a lot that the, uh, the Falcons just released. His name is escaping me uh, right now for some reason. Um, you know, where could they probably, where could they maybe go with any money that they do end up freeing up in, in free agency? Or is it just something maybe they hang on to and try and load up again next year? Yeah, I don't think they're going to be like super, super active past this point. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Ebron and um, Billings are guys that we've mentioned that uh, they definitely could come away with. And they probably should because, you know, you need a veteran, especially at tight end, uh, because we all know the stigma about a rookie tight end. So I think the moves that they will make from this point on, I think they definitely will target defensive tackle because that's actually an area of strength for what's remaining on free agency. Like I said, there's um, Billings, uh, there's, there's Shelby Harris, there's my, I think Michael Pierce is still out there. I don't think he was signed. Uh, so, you know, there are guys out there at the defensive tackle, veteran defensive tackles and guys that's within that age range of 26 to 28 that they can get and uh, plug up you know, a body in the place of basically where Marcel Darius was. So that's the one to be mindful of. And of course, like I said, tight end. But aside from those two, I don't think I mean, they, they'll probably add some, you know, depth guys, but they're not going to really spend big aside from those two spots. And then they'll simply probably just rely because we all know it's a rebuild season, rely on the draft to plug as many holes as they can past that point. 
Yeah, Eric Ebron is a guy that I, I would be very, very interested. He had a little bit of a career renaissance there in Indianapolis. I would like to see him here. Uh, but yeah, you are correct, Jay. As of right now, Michael Pierce still available, um, along with some other names as well. Um, Lee Collins did just go off the board here tonight uh, to the Raiders. Um, of course, we mentioned DJ Reader and then Javon Hargrave ended up with Philadelphia. So some of the targets, you know, that we were hoping to to maybe see land here in Jacksonville are off the board, but doesn't mean that there aren't still some uh, some guys still available. I, I don't think fans should expect a guy like a Jadavian Clowney, um, Desmond Trufant. I don't think that's a name that we hear he, uh, here in, um, connected to Jacksonville either. But, um, you know, uh, up until the draft, it's probably going to be relatively quiet unless we get these two trades coming down the pipeline. But, you know, that being said, Jay, we just kind of wanted to recap everything. And in true believe in the Jaguars podcast fashion. This means that something really big is going to happen probably in two days that we aren't able to cover right now. (laughs) So that just seems to be what happens. But if that does happen, uh, rest assured, Jay and I will get together and talk about it as soon as possible. So we're pretty much going to wrap up here, guys. We really appreciate all the support we've gotten for the podcast thus far. Jay, if you want to talk about just really quickly what we have coming down the pipeline for them on the Jaguars wire. And also, if you want to mention it really quickly, you know, there, there's a one way that people can uh, support the podcast and help us, you know, just bring you the best content possible. Yeah, of course, with the Jaguars wire, I'm going to continue with free agency frenzy and discuss the moves that we made, get some, um, I didn't get any highlights on Denard and I'll probably try and get the cap figures or the cap hit uh, that both Denard and Schobert will take up uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we can have some clarity on whether the Jaguars stand in terms of their salary cap. So hopefully those might leak today. Uh, If not, we're going to still be doing plenty of stuff on those guys uh, to end the day, which is again, March the 17th. And uh, of course, like Phil mentioned, uh, is many, many ways you can get in, in tune with us. Uh, but the easiest way is just go to our link tree. That's link tr.ee, believe in Jags. It has every link that you need to know concerning the Believe in Jags podcast. And also, if you really want to help the show, uh, aside from going to Apple and giving us a five-star rating, the next best way to do so would be to uh, go to Patreon and contribute that way. That's patreon.com slash believe in the Jags. All right, guys. And again, another episode of believe in the Jaguars podcast in the books right here on the believe podcast network. You guys stay safe. We'll see you next time. We believe. Do you? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. 
and that wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 